0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence Medical Experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Marianne Dunlap, nurse practitioner at Providence Medical Group in Oregon. And today, we're answering your questions about pneumonia and bronchitis. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our social media followers. We can be found on Twitter at PSJH and on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc, that's hashtag Talk with a Doc, for a chance to hear your questions on a future episode. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Mary Ann Dunlap. Hi, Mary. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Well, today we're talking about pneumonia and bronchitis, and I think we should start with the super easy one, what is bronchitis? Bronchitis.
1: Bronchitis is an inflammation or infection of the airways, the tubes that bring the air into the lungs. So, um, you know, it's, it's more of the upper part of the airway, kind of in your upper chest and throat area is where you feel the symptoms of bronchitis.
0: And is that where it feels like really heavy or you're coughing a lot? I mean, what are those symptoms? Yeah. So
1: cough, number one, of course, um, it can feel tight. You can have um, funny noises, kind of like um, strange crackly noises or wheezes. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I know. the wheezy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> usually it's not severe, but it, you know, it can be depending on the person, uh, a little bit of fever sometimes, a little bit of fever and chills, usually not too severe and not, not terrible shortness of breath, mm-hmm. but just the cough and, and phlegm production is oftentimes present. Sometimes not, but often Sometimes it
0: is. Is that what they mean when they say a productive cough? Yes. Uh-huh. And the phlegm is the crap that you're coughing up. And yeah. It's so like the, mucusy. Yeah.
1: The airways are trying to protect themselves from something that is irritating them. And so they're producing more mucus. And mm. that is exactly why you have the phlegm because they feel irritated. And so they're saying, oh, i got to got to use some, you know, got to create some
0: uh, mucus to help uh, soothe those irritated airways. So if you're say taking a decongestant or like a mucinex or whatever, mm-hmm. right? The commercial with that green little monster, uh-huh. or that phlegm monster, right? Yeah. So if you're taking that to stop the production, but uh-huh. you actually need to be producing it, are you actually hurting yourself? Not if you have a, if you're producing a lot of excess
1: mucus, it's okay to take something like mucinex. It's actually pretty weak oh, in okay. its action, but it can be helpful for some people. But you know, usually it's it's okay to do that. One thing we don't recommend necessarily is to take a cough suppressant with a very wet cough. So Uh, if you've got a lot of mucus production, a cough suppressant can make that um, mucus kind of drop down into the smaller airways and then you can get some obstructing because it's uh, not leaving the body right and then you know
0: that can be a complication that can lead to help lead to pneumonia well that was my next question does bronchitis often lead to pneumonia do you have to have it first
1: um not necessarily a person could just go straight to to pneumonia Um, but you can sometimes have people who have weakened immune systems or people who have chronic lung conditions sometimes a bronchitis can lead to a pneumonia a flu can lead to pneumonia just anything that creates um, inflammation in the airways can lead to a pneumonia well then what is pneumonia Um, pneumonia is where you actually get the infection that you had maybe had in the bronchioles Mm -hmm. or an infection into the air sacs. so the actual lung tissue itself not just those if you think about those tubes that we breathe through, right. that's the, the bronchioles uh, uh, where you get bronchitis, but it's the air sacs at the bottom of those where you're delivering the air to those. And that's where they exchange your oxygen
2: uh, oh, okay. with your
1: blood. Then That helps you get oxygen into your system. Got so it. it's those air sacs that get inflamed and infected. They can also fill with mucus and then you don't have a good air exchange.
0: So I used to get bronchitis fairly frequently mm-hmm. and then like every third year I would get pneumonia. Is that because I wasn't treating the bronchitis early enough? It's hard to say. It really is. I mean, it could be part of
1: your, your lung makeup, your immune system. Um, did you rest early? That's I mean, you know, well, we all know that's a no. Right. So, <laughs> so that's I mean, that's a common thing, too. When people are working and having a busy life, we see that all the time. People, um, they put off their health care or mm-hmm. they just don't rest. And rest is one of the number one things that you can do because bronchitis is mostly viral. Okay. So uh, usually you're talking about um, a viral condition that you're going to have to heal on your own. And how do you do that? Your body needs to rest. So antibiotics aren't going to help bronchitis? For most, in most cases, no. Now it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have it evaluated, especially mm-hmm. if you're having shortness of breath or fever that's lasting longer than three or more days. Um, but it, it's mostly viral, bronchitis is. But it is hard to tell the difference between bronchitis and pneumonia sometimes. Right, right. So again, Fever, a more severe fever, you know, 101, 102, lasting three days. Um, Shortness of breath is always a big one. Lots of rattling noises in the lungs. Those are things that would probably bring me into
0: the doctor to make sure I got a good evaluation. One would hope so. Mm -hmm. Well, you're saying rest, though, is so important. And I know when I had bronchitis, I couldn't sleep because I was coughing all the time. So how do you kind of combat that need to cough, that importance of coughing, but then also needing to rest? Right. So... um, So like
1: I said, so that's kind of a catch-22 there because like I said, you don't necessarily want to suppress a wet cough, but you can to a certain degree, and you do need to get some sleep. So some cough suppressing is okay, so using a medication. There are over the counter ones. There are ones that are prescribed. Mm -hmm. Um, But the number one cough suppressant truly is fluid or water. So, water, tea, those sorts of things, those actually are great. They help to loosen the mucus up, number one, which if it's flowing more easily, you're not going to cough as much. Um, The second thing that they do is um, just, you know, just suppress that cough by um, laying down a little bit of uh, fluid there that kind of. Eases that feeling of needing to cough, that reflexive feeling, you know, cough drops, all of those things. Um, but I always tell people drink
0: a lot of fluids right. when you have a cough. That's really, really important. Well, it also I at least with tea because I'll usually put honey in it or yeah. like you mentioned, cough drops. Usually, when I'm coughing, my throat hurts then from the coughing, yeah, so sure. it's almost like a triple win, right? Uh-huh. To drink a lot of fluids.
1: Yeah, and there may be some you know anti-inflammatories that you might use for a fever, mm. you know, Tylenol, ibuprofen, things like that. They may also help a little bit too, just by um, easing some of that discomfort within the throat. Sure.
0: Well, are there, I mean, how does, how does bronchitis affect the lungs? And is there long term damage to having bronchitis, especially if you have repeated bronchitis? Well,
1: I think um, what we're talking about primarily uh, here in this discussion is um, just an acute bronchitis. Mm -hmm. You know, people, you may get it over and over, but there is chronic bronchitis. So I should separate that out too. There are people that have chronic bronchitis and um, those folks are oftentimes people that have had long standing asthma, Mm -hmm. or maybe they were smokers or continue to be smokers, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And they'll, and they'll have these infections that just kind of hang out an inflammation that just hangs out and that can create some issues usually with an acute bronchitis though if once you get over it you don't have any long-term effects some people will get um like asthma symptoms with their uh, oh. uh bronchitis so they have to use inhalers and that sort of thing um and they never get it other times so they don't get it like classically with um, being around cats or right, right. having pollen around it's just when they get an inflammation of the oh, airways okay
0: Interesting. and
1: so that's another important thing if you wheeze or feel tight in the chest, you know, you should see somebody about getting an inhaler because that can really help to open those airways up. It makes your cough
0: more effective and can help prevent you from getting into a pneumonia situation. Got it, very smart, mm-hmm. very smart we got a question that says, if you start to feel better after having a bad case of bronchitis, but you're still coughing, is it safe to go on day to day or should I see a doctor? Yeah, so here's the problem, and this is why
1: a lot of people end up going to the doctor, is the cough from bronchitis can last a long time. Mm. So you can talk three, four, five, six weeks Ugh. of a cough after you're not contagious, nor uh, you know, are you really even feeling bad. Now, you may feel bad because you're not getting enough rest, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing, and people may be annoyed with you with your cough. Sure. but usually you can generally continue your activities i would say you know take it easy because you're still sort of recovering from something but that cough can last a long time and so you're really just using those measures we talked about with cough drops and water fluids tea trying to manage that is there a typical
0: kind of time frame of how long bronchitis lasts or should last and then like you just said um how long are you actually contagious like about three to ten days it really depends a little bit so we can't there's not like one specific answer to that but
1: three to 10 days. I mean, you should feel pretty safe after that. And, you know, with bronchitis, you can be contagious. um, But, you know, mostly it's going to be people who are breathing in um, what you're breathing out. So, Very close proximity. Uh, yeah, right. So we kind of talk about in, in healthcare, kind of a three feet rule. Okay. You know, so when I'm with patients, I try to either stand, like, and they're sick and they're mm-hmm. coughing and they can't really control it. I try to stand, you know, either to the side or about three feet from them because if they cough or sneeze, that's about how far a droplet can go. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. But, and you don't see, no, it's not like right. you see it. But if you were, <laughs> you know, you, have you ever seen those things oh, where yeah. they show the oh, spray yeah. of a that's droplet? Creepy. It is kind of. But so we kind of know that. And so that's kind of what I do. Um, with people when i know that they're coughing and a lot of times people get caught off guard by a cough sure you know they're they're not trying to be rude and not cover their cough but and then touching things touching your eyes touching your nose particularly for viruses and colds hand washing is number one because you can just touch you know that your eyes or your mouth and you know it had
0: touched a doorknob that sort of thing So that's really interesting. Do you often get a cold and bronchitis at the same time? You can, okay, because they're both viruses, but they don't go hand in hand per se.
1: Not necessarily. Some people are going to be more prone to it, which is maybe your case when you were talking about the fact that you get bronchitis. It may be stimulated by a cold virus, and then you um, just happen to develop bronchitis. Just some something about based on your airways, Mm -hmm. you know, about the way you kind of are built or your lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those things can um, feed into why you you tend to get bronchitis. People who have asthma are more likely to. maybe get bronchitis from a cold. But like I said, being that it's viral, we also see it more in the winter time because you see more colds in the winter time. So you definitely see more bronchitis during that time of year. What about cold air? Is cold air impactful of that? Only if, I mean, it's not really impactful of getting bronchitis, Mm -hmm. just like it's not of getting a cold. You know, we hear that a lot. Um, But if you, so if you're, your airways are irritated and you're breathing in cold air, that's going to irritate them a little okay. bit more. So it can make the symptoms worse, but it's probably not
0: the cause of. Got it. Because mm-hmm. I noticed the last time I had bronchitis, I got it after I went running two days in a row in the uh-huh. cold. And I yeah. thought, oh, that's what it caused it. But it's not. It probably mm-hmm. just made it hurt more. You probably more. had a
1: virus and, you mm-hmm. know, and it just, you know, it can lower your immune system to do sure. aggressive exercise too,
0: even though exercise is so fantastic. But it's still good. Go do it. it. It's okay. Right. right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just tough because you don't always know right. when you're going to be sick.
0: Well, we got a question that says uh will a chest x-ray show bronchitis? Is that more for bronchitis or pneumonia? Or pneumonia or more. Bronchitis. Yeah, bronchitis is typically not going to show up
1: on a chest x-ray. Okay. And even pneumonia can be tough, I'll just let you know. Um, you know, um it's, it's a good indicator, but we don't always see it 100%. So it's not like you go in, get a chest x-ray, and it's just absolutely verified. Sometimes we have to take symptoms. What and, are you looking for on
0: the x-ray? So
1: you're looking at um, some fluid levels that you can oh, okay. see or, or bits, streaks, that look like fluid within the lungs. Oh, okay. So where, where stuff is consolidated, sure. we call it consolidated. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, you can actually see fluid in areas of the lungs that that should look clear okay yeah
0: but again you can have pneumonias and not see those things so it's based on a full clinical picture all right um well we got a question that says does apple cider vinegar help with bronchitis i feel like people ask us this on every episode does apple cider vinegar help with x y and z how about this one um no no (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) it'd be nice if it did i guess yeah because that'd be so simple all right Um, Well you answered is it contagious and you kind of answered a little bit about is it seasonal but you did say you see it more in the winter and that's because there's more colds not there's Mm -hmm. no other reason like connected to the time of year really.
1: Uh, Not that I I mean not that I can really think of Mm -mm. No. I'm trying to rack my brain.
0: (laughs) Is there any other reason I
1: can think of? But no, it's really colds are much more seasonal. Yeah.
0: Well, the last question I'm going to ask you on the bronchitis topic is: uh, we got why is bronchitis not going away? Is that just because maybe it's not bronchitis or it's not viral or? Yeah, a couple things you have to think about is: do I really have bronchitis? Do
1: I have pneumonia? Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing is: is it just the cough? You know, is the bronchitis clearing? Is the infection gone, but I just have yeah, inflammation that left? Cough, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's not a bad idea to check in with the healthcare provider if your cough is lasting. I mean, if you're feeling great and you just still have a cough, that's okay for a while. Mm-hmm. Any cough that's lasting four, six weeks, you know, you may want to check
0: in with somebody sure. on that to make sure that something else is not going on. You know, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're really going to dig in a lot on pneumonia. Oh, okay. on Talk with the Doc with our guest, Mary Ann Dunlap, nurse practitioner here in Oregon at Providence. And we're talking about pneumonia bronchitis. And right before we went to break, we got a great question from the audience, which was, can allergies cause bronchitis? And I think that's a really interesting question.
1: Yes, because bronchitis
0: is really an inflammation
1: of the airways. Anything that causes those airways to be inflamed could be considered bronchitis. So We do see allergic bronchitis as well, Uh, not as much as viral. And it does tend to happen in people who have, you know, bad allergies and or Mm -hmm. asthma. And a lot of times, you know, you, could see it as almost just an asthma flare-up but in a way you could call that bronchitis as well just because it is that inflammation going on and it can lead to infection as well sometimes just because the more inflamed you are the more likely you are to hold on to virus particles or bacterial particles that get into your into your um, airways got it
0: so if you think you have bronchitis should you stay home for a couple of days that you're not transferring it everywhere
1: I would say so. I mean, that I mean, would be I mean, there's the preference. rest aspect too, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a really good idea because, again, it is contagious. And um, you know, particularly, I think, in the first couple of days, we mm-hmm. always worry about that. And people can cover their coughs well, but bronchitis tends to be a little more contagious um, just from a general touch perspective, like I was talking about doorknobs touching right. your eyes. Right. Whereas pneumonia, I mean, I certainly wouldn't recommend working with pneumonia, but it's a little harder to get from somebody.
2: Sure. I mean, they,
1: you really have to get a droplet sort of from the lung area out into your uh, environment okay. and so can, pneumonia could be contagious but it's really not
0: as much as bronchitis is let's talk
1: if that makes sense <laughs> no it
0: really does but let's talk through the kinds of pneumonia because we hear about walking pneumonia and then you hear kind of this bedridden pneumonia and now there's viral pneumonia walk us through it yeah so there's i mean the common types are like v- viral mm-hmm. bacterial um you can get fungal
1: pneumonia no really oh yeah and aspiration pneumonia yeah, so i know um, but the common is going to be viral and bacterial and um you know again they can be i think really much more concerning because um you know you definitely need to get treatment for those it, this is your lungs it has an interface with your blood right. and if, it, if an infection gets into your bloodstream then it's going all over your body so that's the Scary. big complication that we get scared about is you know where the that infection gets out of the the lung area. Sure. Um, the other thing is, you know, walking pneumonia is an interesting topic or term that that some people use for a type of pneumonia that we would call it subacute. So it just doesn't seem quite as serious. You know, mm-hmm. you're not maybe quite as sick as with um, a typical pneumonia. So you're still about doing your regular. God, you're still so walking. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but you maybe you have a low grade fever. Maybe you're a little short of breath. It's not to the degree that you're just. You know, like wiped out and thinking i i need to lay down or i need to go to the right, doctor i need right. help you know um and so people walk around with that a lot they just have this chronic cough they just don't feel well and so it's it's in a way i wonder sometimes if it's just people's immune systems sometimes are really trying to handle it so well mm-hmm. uh, but they just can't make it there you know it's so close but yeah it's just not quite there so they either need extra rest if it's viral and maybe support with inhalers um, or if it's bacterial you know definitely going to need some antibiotics there
0: are those how do you typically treat it? And I guess it depends on what kind well, it that's is. That's the thing. And it's really hard because to really
1: know for sure whether somebody has a viral pneumonia or a bacterial pneumonia a bacterial pneumonia, you would really need to have a sample of that the gunk coming out of yeah. the lungs. And that's hard to do and we don't routinely do it. So I would say we base it on the clinical picture, what we see in the person that we're treating. And most times I would say we treat pneumonia with antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Primarily people out walk you know, out in general in the you know, generally walking around, oral antibiotics can be used. If you need to go into the hospital, then you're generally in a much more serious condition, sure. and then you're almost always going to get antibiotics. Yeah. But it's hard to tell, honestly. Um, we, we looked at, at the clinical picture of the person coming in to make a determination what we're going to do. But
0: pneumonia is treated with antibiotics much more than bronchitis would need to be. And I assume it has a lot to do with, you know, the the health of the person, but maybe even age, right? So like we mm-hmm. hear a lot about the pneumonia vaccine, but that's really more for elderly, right? Younger folks,
1: older folks, and people with weakened immune systems, um, okay. people who have chronic lung conditions, those are all people that could benefit from the pneumonia vaccines. Okay. And, you know, they're just a drop in the bucket, though, I have to say, you know, for all the types of pneumonia you can get, I think, you know, it covers just, you know, a handful really of strains, mm-hmm. but it is important because you're getting that coverage, you know, sure. you're getting what we've got, what we've got available. So, you know, in clinical research studies, it has been shown to decrease your risk of dying from pneumonia, for sure. That's,
0: yeah, that's good. I yeah, mean, that's I
1: mean, well, sometimes it. I know you think it, it, it's it's about just not getting pneumonia, but a lot of times, really, it's about not you know not getting the serious complications of right. pneumonia.
0: Who's most at risk for pneumonia? Is it the elderly? Is it the weakened immune system? Is mm-hmm. it the people who are working in healthcare?
1: It's gonna be the young folks, the, the little tiny, the guys. little tiny types, little, okay, yeah, and
0: and the older folks,
1: yeah, for sure, and then people with immune, uh, just like we talked about immunocompromised Mm -hmm. and people with chronic lung conditions. Those are people going to be in the worst, uh, you know, kind of in that situation where we really got to take that real seriously and they need to go to the doctor probably even in advance of when we might ask somebody like you or me to go to the doctor. If you have those conditions you should, and you're coughing, fever, you should go in right away. Got it. And how long does it typically last? Uh, pneumonia we're talking about Mm -hmm. now specifically Mm -hmm. um yeah I mean that one can be a lot longer you can you can be talking about a week of fever uh, maybe even more a low grade um and again if that's happening you gotta see somebody um but you can have cough and fatigue this is the other thing lots and lots of fatigue people will go four weeks where they just don't still feel back to their normal you've got to rest it out you really got to take that time
0: I I actually had, I've had pneumonia a couple of times and I I did have the doc situation where they're like, if you don't rest, we Mm. will put you in the hospital because you're not getting any better. And I think I did rest for a few days and miraculously felt a lot better. It
1: can be really serious. It really can be. It's very draining it is and that's the thing we see fatigue as the thing that really stands out Mm -hmm. you get some cough and in this case though the cough isn't the fatigue is not necessarily related to not sleeping Mm -hmm. as it may be with bronchitis Uh, the fatigue is just related to the fact that your body is fighting a big infection absolutely yeah absolutely or it did it just fought it (laughs) it got it
0: (laughs) Well, how do you actually know i mean you said that you're kind of looking at the whole picture of the person but are Mm -hmm. there actual tests outside of you mentioned an x-ray are there any other tests
1: chest x-rays the big thing if you were in the hospital a lot of times they do try to get a sample of that what we call sputum the phlegm Mm -hmm. Um, they try to do that to really hone down on the thing that caused uh, the pneumonia so they can really get at it if you're that sick they're going to go probably to that degree um But other than that, it's really just looking at a clinical picture. Occasionally you'll do lab work to look at a white blood cell count, which indicates kind of how serious and how your body's handling the infection. But really it's more chest x-rays, listening, hearing, you know, looking at you.
0: It's that sort of stuff. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, How long does this question came in? How long does shortness of breath last after pneumonia? Again, I mean, it could be weeks
1: you know, several Ugh. weeks. I know. Sounds exhausting. Well,
0: inha- inhaler support can be mm-hmm. helpful.
1: So using an inhalers um, can be very helpful with that piece. And so, again, you know, having that plan with your doctor, checking in, that sort of thing, your doctor, nurse practitioner, your provider is really um, – important you know the follow-up is important especially if you were in the hospital sure. you know i would say a couple of days after coming out of the hospital and then maybe once a week you should probably be checking in with somebody until you're really feeling back yeah. on the path
0: <laughs> talk a little bit more about the inhalers what does an inhaler actually do is it it's opening up the mm.
1: airways is that yeah there's two types so um or two basic types i mean there's more than that sure. but um the two let's just talk about the two big ones um you know albuterol types are mm-hmm. the ones that open up your airways and they just you know if your airway gets constricted because it's irritated you know we about it will create mucus it'll also kind of tighten down a little bit because it's saying hey i don't want any more bad things in here
0: so close for shop yeah right (laughs) Uh, so
1: that one will help to open the airway and kind of give it its maximum diameter so when you cough it's more effective Um, you can breathe better you know because you've got a bigger bigger more open sort of airway there Um, then there's controlling medications which help irritants not to create the constriction uh, or the tightness of the um, of the uh, airway okay. so those would be more like steroids oh, okay. uh, stero- inhaled steroids uh, um, and those are really helpful for chronic conditions whereas the albuterol is a little more helpful for things that are just ha- you know, like right now i'm just getting tight sure.
0: you know are there long-term effects like can you only use those for a, a certain amount of time Well, you should only
1: use them for the amount of time needed. But if it is needed chronically, then it is important to use it because with things like asthma that people might use a chronic um, inhaled steroid for, if you're not treating it, if it's it's severe and you're not treating it, you get what we call remodeling within the airways of the lungs. And that can be a problem. What does that mean? Well, it, it can become stiffer. Okay. And they just look a little different. The airways okay. look a little different, and that's where you can you can then develop more of a chronic bronchitis, more of more pneumonias, things like that. When you get those airway and and more shortness of breath just with general activity. So for certain conditions, it's important to use them if you need them. But we do say minimum use, sure. you know, as needed. So those are conditions you definitely need to have a plan with
0: your provider for. Got it. I love this question that came in. Is it okay to swallow phlegm? Uh, yes. So I know that's so gross. But I, well, I mean, we do it all night long. We don't know right. about it,
1: and that is exactly the point. We, I mean, I can't remember when I was looking. You know, looking some of this stuff up. But, um, you know, I don't know how much we swallow, but we do all the it's time. A lot, yeah, yeah. It's, and in swallowing infectious phlegm is still not going to cause a problem. It's just going to be dealt with in the body. It's sure. no big deal. It's okay. not gonna make for instance, it's not gonna make your stomach infected that well that's probably them. what the question is. Well, right? I, I think yeah. that's what most people are getting at is yeah. are you going to develop an infection elsewhere because you swallowed infected phlegm? No. Yeah. I think it's like, you know place
0: specific, you know, sure. certain things that are only sense. gonna want to attack certain yeah. areas. So if is it better though to cough it up and get it out of the body in general, just so that you maybe have a chance to look at it. I mean none of us really wants to look at it, but <laughs> I know that I used to get asked, is it green? Is it yellow? Is it what?" I wouldn't know if I was swallowing it. Right. And so really color is not
1: that, I mean, if you're coming in, it's not, (laughs) it's not that important, but I mean, if you're coming in, I think, okay, primarily bloody. Bloody oh, phlegm is okay. something to be, you know, to to tell somebody sure. about if you're having that. And it can happen for normal reasons, though. So don't, you know, don't get freaked out mm-hmm. because it can just be irritation. Sure. So it's not like a huge big thing, but it is something that if you have bloody phlegm, you should probably talk to somebody about that. Um, color otherwise, green, yellow, you know, sometimes clear can mean a difference between, you know, something that's more colored. But a lot of times it's just about how long it's been hanging out in a particular area, which oh, kind of how okay. dark it is, you know, like how long it's been kind of oxidizing. I don't know if that's the term, but you know what I mean it's kind of just hanging out there um but uh, a lot of times phlegm
0: versus new phlegm
1: <laughs> right uh, but doctors will often ask you about that so i mean if you happen to cough it up and you can you know just say okay well that's you know they, they'll talk to you about how thick it is you sure. know whether it's how sticky it is you know because that's about how how hydrated you are a lot of the time
0: Ah, well, but, that, yeah.
1: yeah and so that helps them to understand what to how to best help you um but um i think y- y- generally coughing it up is great you don't want to be straining yourself to cough. Sure. But yeah, if you can get it out, whether you spit it out or whether you swallow it, doesn't really matter. But if you can get it up out of your lungs, that's good.
0: Well, you, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about bronchitis, the importance of hydration. Is oh, it, yeah. Is it just as important with pneumonia, more important... Oh, I think it, it's just that it's, it's always important. I mean, I
1: think that's a support for the body. You know, being well hydrated is always going to support the body and, it, and allow it to do its very best work. And when you're trying to get rid of something, you know, like get rid of an infection, you don't want to have to be working on dehydration at the same right. time. You don't want your body to have to be working on that as well. So with that and then symptom control, it really is important on both.
0: Absolutely. Well, we got several questions about how contagious it is. And you did talk a little bit about the different kinds of it. But if I'm around somebody who has pneumonia, what should I do? Just not touch them, not be around Uh, them? Probably it's, it's... if they're coughing uncontrollably,
1: you probably, you know, want to, s- to stay a distance from that, you know, especially if they're not covering
0: that three that, foot rule that, that you mentioned, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and double that to six just yeah, so we're right. Clear. Okay. Um, whatever you want.
1: But, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's like, just don't, you don't want to get in that droplet zone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be a little bit less about touching things and a little bit more about okay. them that actual droplet zone um, with that. Whereas the bronchitis, you know, being more viral, you may be able to sort of catch that. I mean, I think you could even catch it and it might seem like a cold. So what's interesting is a virus that might cause bronchitis in one person might cause cold type symptoms in you.
0: Oh, really? Do you see what I
1: mean? Okay. Yeah. So, and that's it, based on your overall health, maybe. Well, or? just just kind of where it lands in a way. Uh, I mean, have okay. you ever had colds where it was more in the nose mm-hmm. or more in the throat? Oh, absolutely. It's the same sort of thing. It's Sometimes kind of it's like, even more on the left nose versus yes, the right nostril. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's kind of it's kind of in a way where it takes hold, where it mm-hmm. sort of okay. starts to create the inflammation and irritation. So, um, okay. viruses are weird that way. <laughs> viruses are super weird.
0: Yeah, they are. Well, when we talk about hydration, let's talk about types of hydration because some people say, well, like milk causes more phlegm than water or orange juice is maybe good for you, but it could hurt your throat when you're, it's raw. Is it just water? Like, should we just tell people to be drinking more water when they're sick? I mean, water's great. Um, you know, tea is really probably considered more of a form of
1: water than diet soda
2: or something. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Cause, yeah. it,
1: cause it, the components are just smart. Right. water and a little um, bit more natural. Yeah, right. You know, but so I think, um, water is always a good one. Teas are fine. Um, even a little bit of coffee is okay. Um, I think you want to do what makes you comfortable. So mm-hmm. there's times that people like soda because it actually kind of feels that, that fizzy, um, sensation almost just feels really good in the throat to people mm-hmm. who have congestion in that area, you know? Um and so it's as long as you're getting enough water, whatever you supplement with is probably just fine. Got so it. if you think orange juice is gonna be great for you, even though you know it's not great evidence
0: that it really it's is gonna a lot of calories. Too. I mean, chicken
1: soup, you know, mm-hmm. they say that's the one thing that has oh, kind of yeah. over and over been shown to be the, the thing that helps cure you of, of colds. <laughs> but sure. I mean, you know, um, I think it's just a matter of what comforts you. Sure. And so, you know, if you if milk is fine for you, then you can drink milk. Okay. You know,
0: well, you know, we, I think we talked about this. You, you've been on our show before, so mm-hmm. you're a veteran here. I think one time we talked about like, do you feed a cold, starve a fever, the whole nine yards? What about this? Because it sounds like bronchitis is a lot like a cold. Uh-huh. Should I be eating more, or eating less? Does it really matter? No, no, it just really doesn't. It's always the hydration. Okay. Okay. I mean, the hydration
1: is the key for everything. I mean, you always want to make sure you're hydrated, and then whatever you want to eat. I mean, you should try to eat enough to keep your strength up. But a lot of times people aren't really hungry, and so we don't want to push them really hard. Right, right. You know, but but you know, a fair amount of you know, some food is a good <laughs> idea, and and always stay hydrated. Got it. Yeah.
0: Well, let's. I think we have time for one more question. Maybe let's go back to the vaccine a little bit. Um, you said little ones, and mm-hmm. then people with immune compro- compromised, and then the elderly. But it seems like we're hearing a lot more push toward the elderly. Is that because they typically have a weakened immune system? Why why are we seeing so much for the elderly? And then I'm going to follow that up with, should we as general people be looking for the vaccine, or should we wait until our doctor tells us to get it? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that the general recommendation for most folks is um, age 65 and over for the two pneumonia vaccines that we have. Okay. Um that are available and you can actually be proactive because you know pharmacies give them out now and, right. and most pharmacists i do believe now have the ability to do that with you know a like set you of get flu shot yeah and, and so yeah. right and so they have a set of questions to ask you mm-hmm. to make sure you're appropriate for that um asking your doctors a good idea as well and the reason for older folks is that and i hate to say this because i hate to lump anybody into a category right. and say this is going to happen right but as people get older their immune systems get weaker in general you know it doesn't really matter who you are It just it's gonna happen that way and so that makes it you're more likely to get um, illnesses that's just how it goes not just pneumonia but yeah pneumonia you're right right anything and so it's it's tough and again i hate to categorize anybody into one you know particular group but but that tends to be what happens to folks as we get older and just like the youngsters too they haven't yet
0: had the chance to build the immunity so gosh and they're around all these other youngsters who mm -hmm. have everything it's like Mm -hmm. just yeah Well, thank you, Marianne, for joining us today and everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We will look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. Make sure to follow us on social media at PSJH on Twitter and on Instagram and under Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. To learn more about our mission programs and services, visit future.psjhealth.org. Thank you. <laughs>